Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here at the Dream Factory are simple. We can discuss as many of your ideas as we like, but only one can be taken through to the next stage where the physical printed pages will be used to create a bivouac to shield me from the sweltering sun above London. I'm Joel, a man who puts the mid in unbearable humidity. Mid's what the kids say, John. And across from me is John Harris, a man who against all of his instincts is having to wear no more than six layers as it hits 30 degrees Celsius day after day. John, which items of clothing have you had to sacrifice? I can't see your cravat on the Zoom call. Uh, I mean, there's nothing on the bottom half of me. That's that's all I'm going to say. So you've gone really top heavy. So you've got a vest, an undershirt, yep. a shirt, a jacket and a tie. But your bum is bare on the chair. Exactly. Bare on the chair. Have you done any sort of meetings or calls where you've done a sort of smart up top party downstairs for a Zoom call? Yeah, I have. I also I've been working from home today. And I have done the entire thing topless. And even though I would argue it doesn't affect my It feels unprofessional. It feels unprofessional. It feel, yeah, what I'm getting at is it feels <laughs> unprofessional. So what I do is I just do everything with an Australian accent because I imagine that's just how they work there. <laughs> oh, dear. That's probably right, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, for anyone does, not listening, in, not listening in the UK right now. Oh, go on. I, I used to work. I did a bit of work freelance for a newspaper in the UK working in their sport department. It's a, it was a bit of a newspaper that you would say my political allegiances didn't align with. And once on a bank holiday, I wore shorts and there was no one in and someone charged across the room and shouted at me for wearing shorts. That is nuts. It was, it was like, it was like 36 degrees or something, 37 degrees, yeah. Is this person someone you would have otherwise had interactions with or were they sort never of being before. a busybody? Never, never seen them before. And he was wearing like a three-piece suit. <laughs> just just like dark grey, even though when he put it on in the morning, it was light grey, just through sweat. I, I, do you know what I did? I whipped my shorts off there and there. Uh, nice. And he said, much better. Slapped <laughs> me on the arse and I went and got on with it. <laughs> <laughs> right, John, have you got some film ideas? Oh, dear. Right, in the intro, you said bivouac, and I googled bivouac how I thought mm. it was spelled, and Google corrected oh, me. Oh, it was it a is. real... What a find for me that was today. That is so a I, word. I, do you know what? As I was preparing the intro, so I obviously set aside a good three hours to do that earlier on today. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, what would you do in the heat? And you make maybe a canapé. But then I thought, I thought to myself, there's a word. And all, I, for ages and ages, I was walking around my flat thinking, there's a word. There's a word. <laughs> there's a word that they use on survival shows. There's a word. And then couldn't tell you what I was doing. Maybe I was just looking into my fridge for the 19th time in 10 minutes. And my brain just went, bivouac. Like that. <laughs> Just out of nowhere, bivouac. Uh, and it was like fucking light bulb moment. And I'm not talking about opening the fridge. And I immediately searched it and went through 
maybe nine different spellings before I landed on the right one. It's a, a real... Uh, it's such a curveball. It's not how it's not how I would expect it to be spelled, that's for sure. But I'm sure in some nations dialect that is the completely normal way to spell a thing, so I'm not gonna get don't cancel me. Right, what about this one from Nathan? Well it's actually from Nathan's son, who's eleven years old. Isn't that like Hello? I everyone should tell us their age when they send in a film idea. <laughs> yeah, they should. They definitely should. This one comes oh, from yeah. Andy, it's twenty seven in Margate. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. It's good stuff. Is it? I'm guessing. Do you get warts? Oh, I know what it is. It's pre-lightsaber. Mm. And the Jedis have got big warty hands. <laughs> and they need to invent a new technology that burns at a thousand degrees Celsius <gasps> that they can use to burn these warts off. And that's the story of how the lightsabers are invented. Amazing. Here's, oh, right. This is a personal question, Joel. Have you ever bazookaed a Veruca? I've bazookaed that Veruca. <laughs> I don't... Veruca's... More so than I would say a wart or a bunion or a corn, mm. the Veruca freaks me out the most because it's got, when people talk about a Veruca, they talk about its root, yeah. which makes it feel, makes it feel living, Right up inside it? you. Yeah, yeah. It feels sort of like venom's coming for me. I mean, the slowest venom known to man, but there's something about a Veruca and I don't know, something about the fact that like, how, is it just sort of creeping around a swimming pool? I've never really understood what it is. So it's like, an, it's an infection, I guess. But I've I've bazookaed one, and I've also just fully just sliced one out of my foot at one point. Mm, we've been through, yeah. I don't get. I've never had any of the other ones, but I've had a Veruca or two in my time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You really made me feel. You know, when you get that full, sort of tingly feeling in the back of your head when you're uncomfortable, that that chat really made me feel like that. So apologies to any listener who's a trigger. I wonder by what that. the deepest the Veruca root has ever gone. Oh no! Stop it! Right. Okay. Uh, look and stay tuned for. If one of the ideas in a few minutes bores me, I'll tell you the long story about getting an ingrown toenail removed. <laughs> oh, stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> so we, I think when we did Rogue R- Rouge One about makeup mm-hmm. in Star Wars, that this is sort of like about dermatology in Star Wars. And, you know, live your truth, guys. If you're an alien who's covered in spots and stuff, absolutely, you know, you do you, but yeah. there is potentially there's something in this idea of like a dermatologist sort of going through Tatooine and sort of cleaning up the skin of some of these aliens. Yeah, I like that. Or maybe there's, maybe there is like a dermatologist who has invented the lightsaber and the Jedis are like, I'm going to have a bit of that action. Mm. I could use that. Yeah. This I, is being, this, arguably this technology is being wasted on removing a few warts from people's hands. Because that would... That's how you, you burn them off with either super cold. Nor, normally it's you super cold. You freeze them, don't you? Yeah, but yeah. could you do it super hot? Would that also work? Cauterize the wound? How how cold do you think it is? What, the thing that burns off a Veruca? Yeah. I have no idea. Should we go get it done? <laughs> how do you catch a Veruca? If you went in a cryo chamber, would all your Verucas fall off? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Walt Disney wanted. Could... <laughs> Walt Disney? Oh. Come on. Right, Joe, give me another idea. How about this one from Oscar? No age, no idea if he's someone's son. John Wink. <laughs> is it the weapon? Is it is his winking like fatal? Is that charming? <laughs> he can wink. He can wink his way out of any situation. There are those posters where they get they remove guns from movie posters, so it just looks like the the the, the action heroes are doing thumbs up. It yeah, could just yeah, be John yeah. Wink. Just, it's the same action sequences, but the yeah, guns yeah, are gone. Yeah. So he's just winking at these people just and they die. A really badly CGI'd in a big clunky eyelid. <laughs> That's quite a good idea. Well, it's it's the film's John Wink. How is your wink, John? Uh, 
Oh, that was pretty smooth. It's, it's okay. Smooth. I, I, I can, I can I imagine. I reckon you've winked, I would say, no more than four times in your <laughs> life. And I think all four of them are when you've, you've picked up a barrel of beer from the Rebellion Brewery in Buckinghamshire. I th- I would say my winking has actually massively increased since I've had a child because I do like a like we're on on it like if he's doing something funny I like wink at him as, if, as to be like come on mate two lads ah uh, that's interesting yeah he doesn't wink Has he back. learned to wink yet no I wonder when a kid first learns to wink oh uh, I tell you what the other day I'll t- uh, this will probably come up later because I went to the cinema yesterday and my partner tried to explain to my son the concept of going to the cinema because he wanted to know where I was. And then mm. she sent me a voice note where he basically was like, no cinema, too dark, too <laughs> noisy, no cinema. <laughs> so he, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna, it's going to be a real He's struggle to convert him. It is too dark He's and too noisy. Wrong. It's very dark, very noisy. So John Wink, he disables all of his enemies with a powerful wink. I don't really know how a wink knocks someone to the ground. I think how the idea of charm... Eyelashes? I think they just sort yeah, of okay. faint. They're not, they're, nobody's dying here. They sort of just... Oh, nice. If, like if Keanu Reeves winked at me, there's a fairly decent chance I would faint. Yeah, I think so too. That makes sense. So, I'd be impressed if they could get four films out of it. How about this one from George? <laughs> Cocaine Bear Grylls. Now we can get four films out of this. Bear Grylls is just hoovering up Gak and trying to survive. <laughs> I've, I've been put on a desert island for six weeks with only one kilogram of grade A cocaine to survive. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> now... I'm no. I'm in the expert, wilds of Colombia, but I don't think that's going to help, is it? I don't know. You probably build the shelter pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know? So bear grills build. I know that when my brother went to South America, he brought back tea that was the same leaf as what is used for cocaine, and that's like a big mm-hmm. touristy sort of gimmicky thing. I don't think we ever right. drank it, but I'm Too sure- scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm scared the police would have knocked down the front door. <laughs> How about this then? So Bear Grylls goes to an, an island and he's got one kg rock of cocaine, mm. right? A brick of it. And he's there for three months. But every time he does a big old line of cocaine, it goes down by one day, the time he has to be on the island. <laughs> Charlie Sheen would have so, been out in a week. Charlie Sheen would have been out in about 40 minutes. So back but in the day, can... I'm sure he's clean now. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So yeah, every time you hoover up a fat, line of chang the time you have to be on the island goes down but obviously as you say it does impede your ability to survive on the island so it's up to bear grills to find out what the optimum amount of cocaine is to survive on a desert island or is it like one of the because he does a show that's a bit like survivor doesn't he or he used to bear grills island yeah maybe it's just that maybe it's just that but the prizes are class a drugs for the tasks i don't know <laughs> perfect and he's got he, he, he's the- definitely eating a magic mushroom on it in his time isn't he You'd imagine he's at least done like ayahuasca and done some hallucinating on some natural stuff, right? Big time. Um, I was going to say, and all the contestants are sort of stars from the 90s, so they're well up for the free narcotics. How do you think it would affect his position as leader of the scouts? <laughs> I think... I, th- I think. Here's the show. Bear Grylls takes an expedition of scouts. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what, about, what about this one from Stu? Truck on you. Matt Damon is conjoined twin with a truck. Truck on you. So it's Stuck on You, which is a 2003 He's, film. Yep. We all remember it well, and we remember it for not being very problematic. Now, is he stuck in the driver's seat or sort of on the front grill? Is he living more of a truck? Is he living more of a truck's life or more of a man's life? I think he's on the front. It's a bit Mad Max. Okay, he's on the front. I'm envisioning a scene where he drives down the aisle to get married to his lovely fiance. That'd be lots of fun. Ah, 
Does he control the truck? I was going to say, does uh, is is it is the truck autonomous? Is it is it sort of like a magical truck that has feelings and thoughts and movements? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then maybe at some point he decides he needs to sort of separate from the truck. They need to get the the, the operation to separate them. And who would do the operation? A mechanic or a surgeon or both? <laughs> You'd have to find someone that's skilled in both areas. I think. This is like the Armageddon thing, isn't it? Do they send a load of drillers to space that they've trained to be astronauts or astronauts that they've trained to use drills? It's the age-old question. If someone's stuck, if a man is fused to a truck, <laughs> is that a certain, would, would the GP turn them away or quick fit? Is it if, you, of- if you spring an oil leak, are you driving to quick fit or Homerton Hospital? Well, and the other question is, did a, did a, a human being give birth to a truck man or yeah, yeah. was there a horrible sort of superhero style accident where there's some... A truck, a man, and some radioactive goop. Woman gave birth to a giant truck. <laughs> the truck was full sized, but the baby was baby sized. But uh, yeah, no, I think they grew up together. Aww. it was like a little. It was like a little um, Hot Wheels. That's so sweet. Nice. Yeah, it's quite sweet. The Farrelly brothers, who the, I f- seem to f- remember, this was sort of like the film that killed the Farrelly brothers. Like they were on a hot street with Jim Carrey and then this came out and everyone was like, ooh, let's not talk yeah, about the Farrelly brothers anymore. Are the Farrelly brothers still, are they still going concern? Oh, I was just looking. Do yeah, they, they've... Do they make Dumb and Dumber 2? Uh, here's the answer to your question, Joel. They did Dumb and Dumber 2, but they also, mm-hmm. Peter Farrelly also was the director of the Academy Award Best Picture Movie, Green Book. Oh yes, I do remember that. So, I do remember that. So, and that was universally yeah. loved by everyone. So I guess he is back. It was How one of the few from... Oscar best pictures that everyone said, yeah, that Every... was the right choice. I just remember everyone agreed on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all came, all came together and said, at last, the Academy. We can't argue with the Academy on this one. One, one, one Farrelly brother has made Green Book. How about this one from Neil? The Flasher. Barry, is Barry Allen the name of The Flash? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've made me question it, but he definitely is. That's so good. The You can tell that superheroes were made up in the 50s and 60s, can't you? Because they're called Barry, Peter, Clark. Who else is there? Uh, Thor. Bruce. Bruce, yeah. Thor. Peter. Tony. Peter. I When you said Peter, you said Peter. You, you said there's Peter Parker, Bruce. but I said Peter Are there Peter more Bruce's Clark? than anything else? No, there's two Peters. There's a Bruce Wayne and a Bruce Banner. You've got a couple of Peters. They're all just granddad names. Yeah. Well, they're not full, so like, ba- I'd love a, a Neil. A man called Barry Allen can't run faster than the speed of sound. <laughs> He's like one step away from Barry Scott, isn't he? That's it. It's two immersion break. No, but if you imagine a Barry, you imagine Barry from EastEnders. And if you're imagining Barry from EastEnders, you're imagining him in a tight, light like, superhero suit running at 900 miles an hour. Sounds good to me. It's a better film. It's a better film. Barry Allen, imagine Barry from EastEnders, tries to travel back in time to prevent his parents' death but he accidentally exposes himself to the wrong person, changing his timeline forever. But the thing is, if you're the Flash, no one's going to see it. Well, also, he exposes himself to the wrong person, like as if there was a right person for him to expose himself to. That's a good point. You shouldn't shouldn't expose yourself to anyone. Um, Barry Allen goes back in time, his trousers fall down, and as a result, the Nazis win the Second World War. Right. (laughs) Why would that that happen? I don't need to explain myself. Okay, fine. Well, actually, my last idea is sort of weirdly related in that respect. It's from Matt, and it's the the butterfly effect. Do you remember the film The Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kutcher? Of course, Ashton Kutcher, yep. So that's all about a small thing having a big consequence on the future, a small change. And in this one, The Butterfly Effect is, it's about KFC 
and yep. there's two alternate realities one where they try frying their chicken in oil and the other one the butter fried effect where they fry their chicken in butter and as a result the nazis win world war Two. <laughs> it's good stuff john <laughs> hey john how about this one from me would you like one from me yes please brassed face off a now wealthy Nicolas Cage undergoes extensive plastic surgery to look like his child self so that he can get into the brass band at his old school, having failed auditions throughout his high school years. Is this your one? Yeah. Oh, Joe. Brassed face-off. Yeah. So, bra- bra- I don't even know what brassed-off is. Brassed-off is about school kids, they're in a brass band and they go to, like, national competition and it's a heartwarming British coming-of-age. Peter Postlethwaite's in it. It's a classic. Face-off. One of them gets plastic surgery to look like the other one. So in this film, Nicolas Cage has reached the ripe old age that Nicolas Cage currently is. Mm. And his biggest regret in life is that he never got to be in the band at school. And so he uses his now vast sums of money. And he's also, I should note, he spent the last 40 years perfecting his brass instrument of choice. French horn? It's the French horn. And he undergoes extensive, horrific plastic surgery to make him look as young as possible so that he can enroll in his school as a 13-year-old boy, despite being 58 years of age. And he's brilliant at French horn. And it's the story of him being like, how do you do, fellow kids? And trying to get into the brass band at school, despite clearly being an old man. Thoughts? So uh, if this is the plot of a film of this ilk, right? Mm. You, you So you spend the first half sort of like going, oh God, someone's going to catch him. I don't mm-hmm. know. His dentures fall out at one point. He like, <laughs> yep. he's like, I don't know what other old people, like obviously old people stuff. Could he accent? He like leaves his Zimmer frame by one of the classes, you know, like stuff like that. And then he has to, the three quarter point, he has to be caught. Right. And then yep. the final is them accepting the fact that the school brass band has an old man story. in it. Right. Uh, yeah. And no French horn. They're, otherwise they're not going to make regionals. That's what they're always saying in American things, isn't it? They won't make regionals. <laughs> so is. they need a French horn. And they get Cage back in the band. And there's some sort of, they find like an old bit of ye olde paperwork that says that you can have alumni, one alumni in your band. Uh... And they bring back Nick Cage at the 11th hour. And maybe it's like, I actually think in this, Nicolas Cage is really old. And it's like the end of the best film of all time, The Bicentennial Man. Mm. Now, at the end, we talked about The Bicentennial Man length before, I think. At the end of The Bicentennial Man, Robin Williams who has been a robot for his whole life, but slowly wanted to become a human man. And he's had like his whole body replaced. He's like the ship of Theseus or Trigger's broom. <clears throat> he's had like a real heart put in, a brain. He's kind of like all of the Wizard of Oz guys at once. He's had courage injected into his bum, all that kind of stuff. And anyway, he's lying on his deathbed and he's, so he's lived like for like a thousand years because he's a robot, but he's trying to become human and he wants to experience all that it is to be human. And he's lying on his deathbed and there's like a live Zoom call with like the Supreme Court and they're giving the ruling over whether or not he is human. And just before they give it, he dies. And there's like an emotional bit and it's like, I think he knew he's with his wife. Anyway, Nicolas Cage is lying on his deathbed. He's waiting for whoever runs regionals to decree that his performance in the band counted and that they won regionals. And just before he makes the announcement, Nicolas Cage slips away. But John, he's smiling. Uh, I anyway, French horn because I thought that was the funniest but the funniest brass instrument. But of course, I, I forgot about the flugelhorn, which is an even the, better The flugelhorn. That is good. One thing also just to mention is that they know deep down there is this alumni rule. But unfortunately, the page in the sort of big tome that says all the rules of brass band 
high school stuff, that page has been ripped out by the rival school, right? So the, mm-hmm. their mission is to find that missing page that the, some jock from the some brass jock from the rival school has stolen. Yeah, yeah, nice, heartwarming stuff. Really, would you like my idea? I'd love your idea. What about this one from me? Transformers: Rise of the Priests. <laughs> Just Killer robot priests? Big robot priests, yeah. Big robot priests. A confession would be weird, wouldn't it? Uh, well, look, I don't want to sort of make any big political statements here, but I think the Catholic Church has had some bad PR of late, but I think big robot priests is what they need. I think you're right. I think the way that it's announced is the Pope is in the Pope bill and he arrives at wherever he's going to give a talk and the Pope bill just folds up into like a <laughs> giant mech. <laughs> That the Pope is sitting in and it's just got a little glass window at the front and the Pope's got like two joysticks and he's driving this giant Pope mobile mech. Call think, me yeah. Call me basic, but I would watch the hell out of that. I would be back at church if there were I'd mech back, yeah. priests. <laughs> I've never been to a Catholic church. I'd be there on I assume Sunday. So they have uh, like the they have this big orb on a chain that's got incense in it, but the mechs have just got like smoke machines out their arms and stuff, just <laughs> filling the filling the room with incense. Shooting the body of Christ at the audience. Like, <laughs> our mouths are open like the machine that shoots out the T-shirts. It's good. It's more efficient. <laughs> it's more efficient. I think it's a good I think you're right, John. I think this is exactly what the Catholic... I don't think this is a film idea. I think this is literally what the Catholic <laughs> Church needs. This is advice, guys. Vatican. Vatican sounds kind of like Optimus Prime. Vatican. True. Yes, Vatican. Yeah. Mate, well, I think go. we're onto something here. Yeah. I think we are. I think this is actually sounding a lot like Dan Brown's next book. <laughs> What's he up to? Is he just well, still churning I think, out I books? Reckon he's either churning out books or I reckon he's probably still making a million quid a day from the Da Vinci Code. He I don't wrote think a book they called would. Origin yeah, in 2017. So he, and it's, a, it's, still, the, it's, Robert, it's Bobby Langdon. Bobby Lang won't go. You can't keep a good guy down. Is that his last? So he's done five and that's the last book he's done. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. and that's quite... Cause I remember when Inferno came out in 2013, so... John, John. Go on. The Da Vinci Code, 2003. Crikey. The Lost Symbol, 2009. Inferno, 2013. Origin, 2017. I think it's time. I'm looking at these gaps. There's never been more more than a six-year gap. Well, you think I think we're we due the next Dan Brown. <laughs> Joe, you haven't read the last three. <laughs> I would. <laughs> if you knew another one was coming. Dan? Uh, it's going to be, and it's going to be, we're going to do it page by page for our new podcast, Mr. Brown's Boys, <laughs> where John and I read a Dan Brown book, <laughs> chapter by chapter. That is good stuff. It's good shit, man. Uh, right, John, what was your favorite idea this week? And you're not allowed to choose Mr. Brown's Boys. <laughs> um, I personally really yeah. enjoyed wherever the hell Cocaine Bear Grills ended up. Yeah, that's fine by me. And we do need to wrap the show because there are 10 young scouts walking <laughs> to the room. Well done, John. Well done, Joe. Have you seen anything good? Have you existed in any way that is of note? Have I existed in any way that is of note? I watched uh, the Champions League final. Ooh. Big football event. 10 out of 10 would recommend football to any listeners out there. I'm taking notes. Um, football. That was good. The football was good. And I don't think I have. No. But I've been recommended Silo. I'm very excited to watch Silo. 
Silo is one of those things that nobody's watching, but the people who do watch say is very good. Yeah, so. I, f- I feel like a lot of stuff Silo. on Amazon Prime is sort of. It's an Apple. Oh, apologies. Well, that's also, then there's a seal of approval there, boy. isn't it? There's a seal of, it's a high quality. And it also feels like Apple don't seem as quick to cancel stuff. I don't yes. know. Yes. Yeah, there's like, every time I think, oh, I'll check out that Netflix show, I find out that it's been cancelled. And I think, well, I'm not going to commit now, am I? But then, but then what do we do? Because no one will ever commit. We're in this sort of mad situation, mm. are we now, where no one's going to commit to a new Netflix show because they think it will get cancelled. But if no one commits to it, it will get cancelled. Just lie to me. Just tell me that, you know, Peter Pepper's Pajapoolers has been commissioned for five seasons and I'll check it out. They haven't. Don't tell me they've cancelled <laughs> Peter Piper's Pajapoolers. I don't need to hear that today. I've had a bad day. <laughs> you know. Netflix are tight on their budgets. Right, I've got two things I have seen that are interesting, I would say. Last night on Disney+, Plus, you might have already seen this, is, I'm like the hundredth person to say this, Rye Lane, it's brilliant. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but I have it's heard it's so really, really brilliant. Lovely, oh, it's so lovely, yeah, so yeah. sweet, funny, romantic, a lovely homage to London. And while this is doesn't necessarily seal the deal, it's 82 minutes, Joel, and that is a oh, blessing. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. That is so good. It's Really lovely. On Disney Plus, if you're in the UK at least, definitely worth, if you've got an evening and only got less than 90 minutes to spare, absolutely would recommend. Brilliant. Uh, And then the other thing is I I got to see Spider-Verse over the weekend across the Spider-Verse. Oh, mate. Well done. Is is. it brilliant? It is really, really good. I would say I think the first one's better. Whoa. But if this, if they keep this, like it's better, it's only, it's a bit better. It's not like... Mm-mm. I think they're both like five star movies. I think if they keep up this quality, it's like probably like one of the best trilogies. This and Paddington, if they keep up that quality for the third one, they'll Big be time. two of the best Big trilogies time. of our lifetime. Absolutely. So, there so we go. good. Right. Good stuff, John. Well, how about we do this again next week? Deal. See you there. Bye. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener